Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. Our gospel lesson is from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. Listen for the word of God. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable, Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We begin every Advent season here at MAPC by singing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Listen again to these words, not just as centuries-old verse put to a beautiful, haunting tune, but as a prayer for here and now. In fact, I invite you to close your eyes Think of what is weighing most on your hearts and minds, whether it be personal or family struggles or societal or global concerns or all of the above, and listen to these words. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. 
O come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and discord cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Good hymns are timeless, and this one certainly is. Captive Israel could be all of us. It feels like we are captive to the pandemic captive to political movements that mystify and frustrate us, captive to the proliferation of guns and violence, to deeply embedded racism, to a climate crisis we have not been able to control. Or on a personal level, we may be captive to an illness for which there is no cure, or unhealthy family dynamics that become more and more entrenched, or a financial hole we just can't climb out of. We can wholeheartedly sing and pray, disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Bid envy, strife, and discord cease, fill the whole world with heaven's peace. But it may be harder for us to honestly sing, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. But that is the promise of this season, the promise of Advent, that Emmanuel, God with us, is indeed coming. And we sure need to remember and hold on to that promise right now. The prophet Jeremiah and ancient Israel needed that promise, too. In fact, Jeremiah could have written the first verse of that hymn, or it could have been written for him. Jeremiah is prophesying to a captive Israel. The Babylonian army has captured Jerusalem, taken its leaders and rulers into exile, and Jeremiah himself is being held prisoner in a courtyard of the palace. Things could not look bleaker for God's chosen people. They've been conquered and either carried away to a foreign land or left to live under oppressive rule by a puppet king of a foreign empire. And yet, Jeremiah speaks God's word of hope into this bleak situation. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. If anyone actually listened to Jeremiah, his words must have been a lifeline. I hope there were some in Jerusalem who listened to him who hung on to that promise that one day a righteous branch, the Messiah, would come to bring justice and righteousness to the land, to save Judah and Jerusalem, to make of Jerusalem a city known by God's righteousness. We need Jeremiah's reminder of that promise. We need the promises of Advent right now as much as Judah and Israel needed them 
And as much as Luke's community, five or six centuries after Jeremiah, needed them. With the numbers of COVID cases rising again, and this new variant that has scientists and world leaders on high alert, with significant, very real threats to our democracy here and to democratic governments in other nations, with the level of division in our country and the willingness on the part of so many to simply put truth and facts aside, we need to hear and trust in the promises of Advent. We need to remember that Advent is not just or even primarily getting ready for Christmas. Advent is anticipating that Christ is going to return, that God's kingdom will one day be fulfilled, that those promises are not just for some distant, far-off day that we may not live to see, but they are for us now. They make a difference in how we live these earthly lives here and now. The apocalyptic language in our gospel reading from Luke and earlier in this chapter is challenging for us. It's not really part of our worldview, but it was very familiar to Jesus and to those that he was teaching. They were steeped in the apocalyptic language and imagery of the last days. It's straight out of the Hebrew prophets. The signs in the cosmos, the roaring of the waters, the shaking of the heavens, the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and glory. Jesus and all the Jewish people of his day lived with that imagery and expected the Messiah to come in that way. Jesus himself seemed to think that he would return in glory soon. Though we are living through major upheavals in the natural and political world, that apocalyptic imagery and the expectation that Jesus will return imminently, those are not things that most of us think about on a daily basis. There are some traditions whose adherents still look for the imminent return of Christ, but most mainline Protestants don't think about it much. We might hear these texts and a sermon or two about Christ's triumphant coming at the beginning of Advent, but other than that, for most of us, apocalyptic imagery is the stuff of science fiction movies. We don't live in the expectation that Christ will return any moment now. In fact, if we're honest, many of us may wonder if it will happen at all. Our worldview, our 21st century understanding of the universe and what we know of science may make the apocalyptic imagery of the prophets and Jesus' exhortations seem like the stuff of fiction to us. But as people of faith, the coming of Christ is still a core part of what we believe. We believe that God's kingdom will come, that God's reign will one day be complete, that Christ will come again to make all things new. We pray that every time we say the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 
What does it mean to profess that belief in our day? What does it mean to anticipate, expect, and even long for the day when Christ will return? What does it mean to live as people who believe that God's kingdom will be fulfilled? It means holding on to that promise, even when the news would have us think that there is no hope, that we are spiraling down into chaos. It means believing with Jeremiah that the days are surely coming when God will fulfill the promise that justice and righteousness will have the last word. It means standing up and raising our heads, knowing our redemption is near, as Jesus says. Jesus' words and images are frightening, but he's telling his disciples, don't be afraid. You are to live in trust. You are to live faithfully. You are to believe that your redemption is near. The Greek word that Luke uses for redemption is not used by any other gospel writer. It suggests being loosed or released from anything that is constraining. We are not captive to fear and hopelessness. We have been set free, redeemed, and so we can stand tall, raise our heads, and live as Jesus' faithful disciples, even in such challenging times. When one has no hope, then it doesn't really matter how you live your life. We see this played out all the time. If you have no hope of a better life, what does it matter how you live or if you work hard? Those who have no hope are easy targets to be radicalized by fundamentalists of any persuasion or religion. Those who have no hope have nothing to lose. Jesus tells his disciples to be alert, to watch, to anticipate his coming, to live with hope and purpose, not to be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. The apocalyptic language of this chapter may not be familiar to us, and Jesus and his followers may not have gotten the timeline right, Jesus didn't return imminently, but the promise is still sure. We are to live as heirs of that promise, trusting, hoping, and praying for Christ to bring God's reign to fulfillment. We are to live into that reign even now, as those working for the justice and righteousness of God. As Amy Jo Levine and Ben Witherington say in their commentary on Luke, the point of these writings is not to give signs of the end as if one could check off the details on the calendar or predict the coming of the late great planet Earth or the entry of Armageddon. The details speak to surety, not chronology. It is the certainty of the return of the Son of Man, not the timing that is being taught here. Regardless of whether the end comes during their earthly lives or not, the disciples must live in a state of preparation. 
Living in a state of preparation means living into God's kingdom now, not, as Jesus warns us, to escape into drunkenness or dissipation, squandering away our resources, time, and energy, not escaping by burying our heads in the sand, shopping excessively, overeating, or being consumed by our work, Living in a state of preparedness, being alert, living with expectation, means living as though Christ is coming at any moment, as though Christ is here among us, as is, in fact, the case. Christ has not come in glory, ushering in a new heaven and a new earth, fulfilling God's kingdom, not yet, but Christ is among us. The advantage we have over Jeremiah is that Jesus did come to earth, God incarnate, between Jeremiah's time and ours. We have experienced Emmanuel, God with us. And though God's reign is not complete, we experience enough of the promised Emmanuel to hold on to that promise and live into it here and now. The way we hold on to the promise, even in these most challenging times, is by continuing to live as God's people, as Christ's disciples. We hold on to the promise by living as though the kingdom is indeed among us, under God's reign of justice and righteousness. We don't know when Christ will return in all his glory, but we do know that Christ is within and among us now, and we can live accordingly as agents of Christ's love, truth, justice, and peace. I think the best way to hold on to the promise is to live by it, to work for an end to oppression, to feed the hungry, to reach out to those who are lost and suffering, to work for racial justice, to be agents of reconciliation, to speak the truth and love our neighbors. We can live as the body of Christ here and now, working to disperse the gloomy clouds of night, put death's dark shadows to flight, bid envy, strife, and discord cease, and fill the world or at least our small part of it, with heaven's peace. We can actively anticipate and look toward the promise of Christ's coming by living into the reality that Christ is here with us now. We can hold on to the promise of Emmanuel by actively living as though we believe in it. May God help us so to do. Amen.